0: Welcome to Journey of Discovery from the Body Owl. Today, I have Justin from, do you say it, Vetoga? Vetoga. Vetoga, um, a nonprofit organization working with veterans, and I will let you explain the rest, Justin. Um, thank you for being here. Welcome. Would you would you uh, enlighten everyone as to what your organization does um, and what your mission is?
1: Sure. So uh, our our nonprofit is called Vetoga, which is uh, putting veterans and yoga together. If you can't tell, uh, I started this nonprofit in 2015, so we're at the five year, actually now six year mark um, since we started. And our mission is to bring yoga, meditation, and healing arts to our military veterans, law enforcement, first responders, and their families. Uh, we do that through free yoga classes for those groups, and then we also have teacher training programs that turn uh, veterans, military, law enforcement, emergency responders, and family members into yoga instructors so they can then go back to their communities and share these these gifts of yoga with them. So that's our primary mission.
0: And I just adored it from the second that I saw it, (laughs) of course, which is why I reached out to you. Um, Do you... Can you, can you tell me like, where did you get the idea? How did you find yoga? Um, How did Mm -hmm. yoga come into your life?
1: Sure, so I'm a Marine Corps veteran. Uh, I did five years in the Marine Corps and then I got out and became a civilian contractor uh, exclusively in Iraq, Afghanistan. So I spent about 10 years, uh, 50% of 10 years in Iraq, Afghanistan as a contractor after my military time. So I did 40 plus trips. And that started in 2000, or mid-2000s, and ended in 2014. And in the middle of all that, I was kind of at a dark place in my life, dealing with the traumas of war, everything that was going on, and my normal coping mechanisms were running and working out, but I was injured a few times, and those were taken away from me. So I was forced to go to yoga class by my roommate, and uh, it changed my life. And I got a taste of what that feels like when you're taking yoga and tap into your parasympathetic nervous system instead of your fight or flight, which most veterans are stuck in, Um, and I knew there was something special there. So I dove into a daily practice for a few months, and then I took my first teacher training in 2008 to become a yoga teacher. Uh, I became a regular yoga teacher, but I was traveling overseas still, and I would teach over in the Middle East, and then I'd come back and teach when I was here. So that's my personal story of how I found it. I promised myself when I stopped the war zone travel that I would create something to give back and share this gift with others like me that may not be able to find it like I did uh, because it wasn't a social norm for a veteran to become a yoga instructor when I did. And in 2014 was my last war zone trip. 2015 I created Batoga and here we are today. So
0: <laughs> that's a really great story. So I really <laughs> I didn't know and I really love that you mentioned that your go-to is working out and running. Um, because I I was just talking about how running can also be a negative, um, influence in your life if you don't have the mentality where it's, it's supposed to be to improve your wellness, not push so hard that you're actually injuring your body. Right. And learning about yoga has really given me a new perspective about how we expend our energy and things like that and I can relate to your situation with injury. Um, I have herniated discs from a car accident. I got hit by a drunk driver, and that kind of stopped my running in its tracks, Um, and I started seeking out other types of exercise and wellness, so that's, we have that in common, that injury, right?
1: (laughs) Mine was a back injury, too, that I had a, a back and ankle injury, but the back injury is what I found the most improvements from in yoga, and that's initially is why i sought out something like yoga physically
0: right because it improved helped improve your injury and strengthening and the balance and everything for your injury right yeah so that that's interesting did you have to go through like the whole painkiller route and things like that epidurals all you know the whole nine like i did
1: (laughs) i uh i was in the marine corps and i had my first fall um herniated a disc pinched some nerves and started feeling what pain felt like um I had another injury while I was in the Marine Corps and three times I tried to fuse my disc and in the military you really don't have a choice a lot of times they just tell you hey you're getting surgery and something inside of me told me not to do it so I would schedule things that I couldn't show up for surgery and I kind of my weaseled my way out of it thank god and I got out of the Marine Corps and I became a marathon runner and yeah. those compression and that problem, yeah. I just said, you know what? This is my new norm. I, I, I was done taking the pain pills. Uh, it wasn't. It only helped a little bit. I was like, I'm going to live with this pain the rest of my life. And, and then I had another injury a few years later, which once I started yoga and elongated the muscles, decompressed my spine, that pain went away quickly in my yoga practice. So within a month of starting yoga, and that right there made me a believer just in the physicality of. What yoga and the benefits could be. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's perfect segue into asking how yoga has really improved and enhanced your life, and from what you've seen in your experience with your nonprofit, others' lives. Like, what are some of the issues that it has been able to address? Because yoga can address a lot of issues. So, what are some things that you've seen?
1: Well, for me personally, um, the root of what we do and who I am and where I came from was I was almost suicidal at the time I found yoga and I didn't feel like I had any other choices. And there's a lot of other veterans. You know, we see this number 22 veterans a day are still committing suicide and that number's not going down. Mm-hmm. So my root mission in whatever I do, not just yoga, but in my personal life and helping others is to prevent veteran suicide. Uh, and when I found that this gave me a light to live for I needed to learn how to recreate that light and multiply it and scale it out to other veterans. And uh, what I've noticed is uh, when we did these trainings, people were coming in and I thought, hey, I don't wanna give them the spiritual side as much. We'll do a little more regimented, a little more physical yoga. Mm -hmm. But what I really noticed that surprised me is when the more spiritual and the more in touch with actual traditional yoga, finding connection with your soul, uh, the Sanskrit, the vibration, everything is what the veterans were connecting with and finding the healing like I did. And at first I was kind of afraid. I'm like, it put this block up in my head that they're not going to get the same. They're going to look at it differently than I did, but no real yoga, like real yoga inside and connecting with that is what these veterans are looking for. And they're looking to find that side of them, that spirit in them and connect with that light again, because they're living in the darkness out there and they need someone to show them the way. And one positive coping mechanism is yoga. There's lots of other things out there.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but it, that could be the light and the darkness they're looking for. And I've noticed that is what is going on right now is they're looking and they need this light to guide them there because they're not just going to fall upon it and go for it. Like it's something out of the right. norm for them.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. And being that in between for people to see that, yes, I am a tough military guy, ex-Marine, right? But I also can be secure enough in my masculine and feminine energy that I can allow something like yoga to really benefit my health and wellness. And kind of, I think that it could save a lot of lives, right? Um, That's my hope with, with yoga.
1: Yeah, and it is. It dispels the stigma out there and like these illusions that it is feminine. Um, there is a masculine and feminine side to every human right we have our divine masculine divine feminine when we use that word divine even that has a perception but we have this term like toxic masculinity being thrown around now a lot with these movements that are like demonizing the male toxicity and it's not the it's not the male it's just they're not in connection with their true divine masculinity and their femininity they're usually stuck in the the toxic side of it and for me I noticed I dove in fully into my yoga practice which is kind of dove into my divine feminine energy which healed me but it took me a while to come back and when I felt comfortable going back into my divine masculinity and actually be, being more masculine right. again
0: yeah so, finding balance
1: and everybody's different out there they might need the masculine as an entryway point to get to finding that softer side of the healing side of what we call divine femininity and um, but it, it is those polarities that people struggle with, and they might not understand it. So it's how do we bring that that wall and veil down and help them understand what what actually healthy masculinity and healthy femininity looks like?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have spent some time um, putting out things about the the divine energies, and really, I kind of even found myself almost in that romanticized goddess for a little while and then realize that people are publicizing the divine feminine energy for women so much when oftentimes women also need to work on their masculine energies and that's often the case so rather than saying masculine or feminine it's all about the union which is exactly mm-hmm. what yoga is about yoga means union right yep. so i think that what When you were talking, I was thinking like people, the people that you're talking about that you're helping, they're looking for that union within themselves, and yoga helps connect the mind and the body and spirit into you know into this one entity, this flow. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's pretty amazing. Do you do Raja Yoga with with your people or that's the path of yoga that i've studied was raja Mm -hmm. yoga um is that part of your practice i know you mentioned the spiritual side so i'm interested
1: we um so my background in lineages with dharma dharma mitra yoga which is the hatha raja yoga Mm -hmm. so it's all eight limbs and uh really focusing on the um yamas and niyamas if you don't have the yamas and yamas you're not actually getting to the real yoga. You're servicing your ego and attaching it to the, the benefits of yoga. So uh, we really root in, in Raja and in the Hatha side to find the, the balance also. So uh, we have a very traditional teacher training model that is based in Hatha Raja yoga. So that's what I want
0: to Do you want to tell us a little bit, us, I mean, me and everybody who ends up watching, um, about the teacher training program that you offer? Sure,
1: so our teacher training program, we have a 200-hour program, which is our base program. We also have a 300-hour advanced program, which is Air Beta and post-traumatic growth. Uh, I'll talk about the 200 first. So okay. our 200-hour program, we try to run twice a year, depending on our fundraising efforts. Um, we take between 20 and 25 students per training, We've done 20 and we've done 40. 40 is too many because uh, most people have some kind of, of trauma or PTSD. And yeah. when you put 40 people together, it's a lot of energy and a bubble to hold. But the healing is also great in there. So our yeah. teacher training is based in the Hatha Raja training. Traditionally, it was a two-week two, two week, um, intensive with an uh, internship for 60 days afterwards. So they come in person for 14 days, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., uh, lecture yoga lecture yoga uh, nonstop for days it was a very intense training which is is kind of like a boot camp which veterans are used to and it, yeah. it is a melting pot but it 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 breaks you down just like boot camp and everything falls away and then allows the healing to happen so that's like the secret sauce of why we do it the way we do um, and when COVID hit we had to pivot a little bit and okay. my board and everybody's like hey are we going to do it all online and I said never because if we do it online, we're missing the part of healing in that community for us, specifically for Vatogas, the way we train and where, where that, the root of our healing happens in our training. So we did a, this year, this spring, we did a training where we did 14 days online. Mm-hmm. So all the lectures online for 14 days. And then we had a, a six-day immersion at a retreat center. And okay. we wore masks and socially distance and did a teacher training in person uh, and got those hours in, and it was actually amazing, oh. <laughs> so we learned that, you know, separating into this, this kind of hybrid model nowadays with online and in person, it worked for us, so right now, that's this one coming up in uh, the spring of May, uh, we'll be doing the same model, so it'll be uh, two weeks online, uh, six to seven days in person, and on our website, people can sign up to get more information about the training if they want to know.
0: Okay, and I'll definitely include the links below um, for any of your information, your social media, your website, everything like that will be provided below. Um, so for, for doing that, um, how, how does that how does the process work? Do people just sign up and then they're in, in? Is there a selection process? Since I know that you you can't have you know endless amounts of people with all that energy and healing that needs to be done. Um, is Good there, question. yeah. <laughs> so there's a
1: selection process. So if they go online, they see the G-O-N-R program, they apply and they'll re- receive a response with a list of items that we need as an investment in them in this training and one of them is a lot we ask them to create a fundraising page for their for personal goal for their tuition cost okay. uh, right now it's three thousand dollars per person mm-hmm. uh, to run a teacher training Costs about fifty thousand dollars for Vatoga. we pay for the food lodging um tuition all everything every cost is taken care of all the mats props everything so it's zero cost to the person that attends um, I wish we had unlimited funds to just select people and do these one after another. But
0: you and me both. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a grassroots nonprofit. Until we we hit that scale where we will have more, but it's around fifty thousand. So we ask, it's kind of skin in the game for whoever's going to attend to start promoting their own personal goal and share with others to show that they're part of this process. Um, I've learned that if you give things away for free, people don't appreciate it as much.
0: Truth. Um, I agree too. And you know, just a pause, money is energy, right? Mm -hmm. Currency, I mean, it is a way to transfer energy. And your organization puts so much time, effort, energy, basically, into what you do, that somebody giving physical money to you, To provide energy back so you can continue doing what you're doing is how you know things build and how things grow so okay very cool so you guys take care of everything you do the online part and then they'll come in person and is that in Washington?
1: So we've done five teacher trainings total so far we've trained 128 people Uh, the first three trainings were in Washington DC and Alexandria Virginia actually um, we did our fourth training in hawaii in 2019 and that was a one-off but we raised a separate amount of money to start building uh because there's a huge veteran population in hawaii yeah so we are building out there uh we're actually in the process of trying to do one in saipan out by guam also for the veteran oh, contingents wow. out there yeah but our traditional trainings are were on the east coast um i just moved out to california so i'm going to be building oh. our west coast so we're going to have Yay. our our East Coast training in May in, in the D.C. area. And then in the fall, we'll be doing a training here in California and or Hawaii and Saipan throughout the year also if the funds come in.
0: Very cool. Well, the San Diego area um is a really huge area for veterans too um so i don't know it seems like a really good place to have yoga um i was just recently there and i saw i was so inspired i was in imperial beach and i i was walking we were walking on the sidewalk you know and there was a little park and there's just people doing yoga in the park like (laughs) i was like this is awesome you know in arizona We don't have like the beachfront, and so it's a little bit different, kind of, you know. Different vibe
1: in Arizona. Different
0: vibe here, yeah. And I'm very much excited that you said you're building the West Coast because we have so many veterans in Arizona that I think would really benefit. So the, the teacher training program is, just to clarify, for veterans who want to go through the training process, They go through the training process, they go through healing, which is really amazing that they get to go through that healing experience, and then they're able to provide the knowledge that you give them and the training you provide. It gives them the skills they need to be able to help individuals in their local area using your business model, correct?
1: Yes, you nailed it. So yeah, the the business model is, hey, this healed my life, prevented suicide me. I became a yoga teacher, how do I make a million more little Justins out there that can reach people that Justin can't, right, and that is a teacher training, so they come in, they become a teacher through our 200-hour teacher training, they go back to their city, and they become the community leader, so it's not like for a for-profit, you know, everybody, you want everybody making all this money, but in a non-profit, you still want money coming in, but in donations, too, so not only are they healing people, they're creating more donations, which can support and fund more people in their community to come take the training. And then they go back after the training and go back and the the community grows. Um, So like DC, we have, you know, 20 plus teachers just in that area, because that's where I started. But I do, I live out in in LA, Manhattan Beach right now, but we're looking at building a a retreat center near San Diego, specifically to run yoga teacher trainings out of To build this west coast including Arizona because you know geographically it it just makes more sense out here for me because we've grown the west the east coast and I have my leadership team there that keep that going we'll continue to do the trainings out there but uh, my ultimate goal was to go be in all 50 states within five years and get everybody out there get a community leader for each state and eventually the major cities and uh, get to the rural areas where a lot of people are struggling too Uh,
0: you're giving me goosebumps like five times since we've been talking (laughs) just saying like the energy I just I love what you're doing um so you know not to sway your thinking but Arizona is a really great place to have a treatment place for you guys because Colorado is next to us and there's so many veterans there too really there's veterans everywhere so I think that it's great what you're doing. I'm just so blown away. Sedona is um, a really great spot for energy. Have you traveled to Sedona yet?
1: (laughs) I have been to Sedona. It is amazing. Uh, I've been to the yoga festivals there. Uh, I took a couple years ago when I was there at Sedona uh, yoga festival, and I did uh, one of the post-traumatic growth. I think it was yoga for trauma, they called it then. Um, I've taken a lot of those trainings out there, and we have our own model of yoga for post-traumatic growth, but Um, I've been in Sedona, I have friends in Phoenix. I've talked to people in Phoenix, other um, yoga studios that accept the GI Bill and things, which has been a challenge for our organization to get accepted nationally. They were able, they got in early before they changed all the laws, but they were providing services for veterans. And um, anywhere I go, I tell, I challenge people. I said, if you guys get enough funding and or buzz going, I'll go anywhere me and my teachers will go anywhere to do a teacher training so if a community helps promote and grow say like in this when people watch this podcast like somebody's like hey let's let's try to get Justin here it just we just have to see that we can do a training we have enough people and we can create the funds through fundraising and we'll go do it anywhere so
0: all right. Come on, you guys from Arizona. You better get on this because Justin knows his stuff and he's helping a lot of people. We want this in Arizona. Trust me, right? <laughs> um, no, really, you just just not You don't have to trust anyone. You can just see the results in people. And it's amazing the transformations that people make. Um, I was thinking of something that I wanted to ask you and it kind of just evaded me. Um, with the other types of trainings that you do, you said the 200-hour training. What other types of trainings are there?
1: So the base model we did was a Yoga Alliance 200-hour teacher training program. Uh, We got to around 100 trained, and I promised myself when we got 100 teachers trained, I would look at our 500-hour model. Um, So my staff, we we have amazing teacher training staff. We've all taught and wrote multiple teacher trainings 200 hours and other programs we've taught in Mm -hmm. and we wanted to see what we would focus in for our 500 hour program and one of our staff members Dr. Cindy Tran is an Ayurvedic practitioner and we were already developing our post-traumatic growth training Mm -hmm. so we we merged together and we created the 300 hour model and we did our pilot with a small group we started with eight people I think um and we did that last year and that was a kind of a uh, one week and a month for for a year kind of program to right. see how, how it worked like a pilot. And it worked well. Um, so we do have that training also. We're revamping it and making it a little different. But our ultimate goal is we're going to build out a thousand hour yoga therapy program through Vatoga um, okay. Wellness Center. And we'll have modules like yoga for post-traumatic growth or yoga for law enforcement, yoga for emergency responders, yoga for inmates. So we'll have these programs for all people that are already yoga teachers they could come in and learn from us in our experience and our teachers through the programs that we're writing so um, that's coming out this year a lot of those programs are we're going to roll out online because of the platform
0: yeah Um,
1: but that's also coming so we have that base 200 hour but we're growing to a thousand hour curriculum in the next few years so
0: wow so I'm in I'm currently enrolled about halfway through a two-year um ayurvedic practitioner program so when i finish awesome. i'll be a ayurvedic practitioner also um, my background i'm not a yoga instructor per se like hatha yoga um i've come in through more the mind side right um i do find asana is that how you say it okay yeah, asana, asana. <laughs> I, I read so much, and I am by myself, so I'm not really always talking out loud about things, so if you ever go back and listen to, like, some of my podcast episodes about Ayurveda and all these other things, my pronunciation with the Sanskrit terms and stuff, it's rocky, but I try.
1: <laughs> well, there's there's eight limbs of yoga, like, yeah, you know, and, and there's different styles of yoga, but a yogi isn't necessarily somebody, the asana is only this much of yoga, it really is,
0: out of the, Uh, yeah,
1: you're called a gyana yogi, J-N-A-N-A, so that's like the knowledge, you're a seeker of knowledge, and you read, and you study, and you're you're a student, and that part of yoga is huge also, like, Mm -hmm. so you're still a yogi, that's what I tell people, a lot of these, uh, conceptions and illusions out there that yoga is what we see on the cover of yoga journal and it's not that. Oh my gosh,
0: (laughs) I remembered my question. Oh, thank gosh. I have like three questions circulating in my head. Um and I'm trying to actively listen but not forget my questions at the same time. So I gotta get one of them out there. Hot yoga. What are your thoughts? And uh, I, <laughs> I'd like to hear, because knowing from my background and my research and knowledge base, I have my own ideas. But what do you tell people about hot yoga?
1: Well, we you know, our, our 200 hours base in, in Hatha Raja Yoga, but we tell our students, hey, this is your base. It's like getting a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. What's your master's going to be in, right? What are you seeking to do? And some of them might be an Iyengar teacher where they want a precise alignment they want it more uh, anatomy based some of them might feel a healing benefit to the hot yoga um, but for me personally hot yoga is very triggering for my nervous system so 42 trips to war zones back and forth burn out my nervous system you know my vagal nerve all my major nerves in my body are not coded the way they used to be and they never will be um, the neuroplasticity
0: what do you mean coded do you mean like ojas like subtle body energy no, or i'm talking you... like
1: physically like like when your okay. nervous system is formed yeah. it has these coatings around it it's kind of like an insulation of a wire to keep okay. it from short-circuiting so when you are constantly in fight or flight you constantly have cortisol in your blood you constantly are taxing your body in that hyper arousal hyper awareness state like being in a war zone it takes its toll, it burns a lot of things. When you have traumatic events, explosions like I have, things they break synaptic gaps in your brain that you need neuroplasticity to reform and connect. Um, I found for me, hot yoga triggered my nervous system um, when I did it personally. But I have students that they find healing in hot yoga, Right? they feel like it's a sanctuary where they can just go in, get hot and their body melts and they can let go Uh, And that's what they're looking for. Some people want somebody to tell them what to do. Like, so you go into those classes, they tell you do this, 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 and this. There's no other pose. Like you just do that. So to each their own is what I say ultimately, but personally, hot yoga is not for me, but I do it and force it. Sometimes to get out of my comfort zone to make sure that I'm not missing any benefits and it's not just a mental block. And uh, every time I return it, my body uh, reacts negatively, so
0: well and that is because you're hyper aware right you've gotten to the state of awareness of yourself and you've fine-tuned yourself so much that you're able to notice it right away from my research and from the ayurvedic background and from you know traditional yoga they say no heat right (laughs) cool environment So um, that's why traditionally yoga is done in the mornings or after 4pm, because it's hot in India. And that's where yoga came from. And so, like, when I read about that, I was like, Oh, my gosh, I didn't realize so many people might be wearing down parts of their system, that maybe for you are already so worn down that you feel it right away. But for others, they don't feel it right away and might not even notice any negative health or adverse health effects until way later. So this has been one of my concerns with yoga and how it's, it's put out there. Make sure you know that hot yoga is not a traditional yogic practice.
1: Um, <laughs> well, and Ar- Ayurveda is such an important complement to yoga, right? Like yeah. it, you've got to find your natural constitution because certain elements are not for you and yeah. heat may not be for you. Like I'm a Pitta Kapha and yeah, too much heat, I overheat quickly, but if I wasn't, and I was the opposite, then the heat might be something I crave, so you need to live in harmony with your environment, and in India, like, and in, especially in hot yoga or Bikram yoga, that lineage came from a part of India that was extra hot, extra humid, and very disciplined physically, that is what was ingrained if that's the norm, but it's just one lineage of these thousands of lineages that come from India that happen to be with heat, Right, so and then it got westernized and commercialized to this fancy yoga where they're charging all this money for you to own a hot yoga studio and call it the B word, yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, I really do agree with you on how yoga and Ayurveda work together, combining them is just essential to be able to fully benefit from both of them. I think that understanding your, your Prakriti and your recruiti and knowing that this is my constitution, this is my, my happy place, my balance, and this is my current state of imbalance and understanding that there's a difference between the two and how you can apply yoga mm-hmm. to rebalance yourself becomes so much more complex the more you open the door and learn a little bit about both different things. You know, so the eight limbs of yoga have their purpose in helping you heal and stay balanced. And if you have the understanding of the Ayurvedic philosophy in the background, you can really benefit your health with the eight limbs of yoga, with that philosophy in your head and the understanding. It is a lot to learn.
1: It is a lot. <laughs> That's why we, we, we made it a whole separate teacher training
0: yeah. with Dr.
1: Doctor Cindy Tran. We brought it because we, we feel the same way you do. It's so important, but at 200 hour, you're just introduced to Ayurveda, yeah. <clears throat> but to actually dive in, as you know right now as a student, it's a lot of information, and it's a huge discipline.
0: It really yeah. is. It's an entire wellness system, right? It's, it's huge. like with yoga and Ayurveda, I, I can't remember the words that the school that I'm going to use to describe it, but using, it's like an Ayurvedic yoga therapy to enhance your life, really. Um, and it's, it's sometimes... I don't know, shunned a little bit in our Western culture because of its origins and its spiritual implications. And there's fear among a lot of people that, you know, they worry, well, can I practice yoga if I'm this religion or whatever? And it's, if you understand enough about yoga, a yogi is a friend to all, right? I remember reading that line and I'm like, that's how I feel because Yoga can help enhance your wellness, and you can remain whatever religion that you that you are. And this just enhances your life. It doesn't replace your current spirituality.
1: Yeah, that's a that's an online module under 200 hours theology, and Hinduism, and yoga, and what all the differences is. Yoga is a science, right? And then Hinduism is a religion. Buddha was a yogi. But when he started writing stuff down and having disciples like the Dhammapada and things, that became a religion, right? So, but he's still a yogi. Right. Um, so we dispel that because a lot of people in our that come to our trainings are devout Catholics, devout mm-hmm. uh, in Judaism, they're Islam. Like we have all walks of life that come to our training, and the first thing we want to do is show them what yoga is and what. How it complements religion—it's all the same at the base, Absolutely. Um, and that is how they work in harmony with the yoga, as opposed to having this thought that's programmed in there that something's wrong with it. So that's
0: Absolutely, just, and it's similar. If you look at like the uh, kung fu masters that learn like the path of Zen and stuff like that, they have a similar um, training where they learn like the five hindrances and all these things. So really whatever path people choose to take, whatever resonates with them, it resonates with them and that's cool, you know, but the underlying truth of how to be a balanced, healthy individual just remains, right? Um, The other question, one of the other questions I had, I know you were mentioning neuroplasticity and one of the other hot topics that has come across, you know, my view having post-traumatic stress disorder myself um was psychedelics so oh how cute
1: <laughs> listen man. she just wanted to sit in my lap so it's like i have a control. dog
0: i have a dog right here that's sleeping right next to me um that's a cute dog i love i love the Great. old she just
1: woke up if you can't tell <laughs>
0: Yeah, she's so cute. Um, So psychedelics and psychedelic therapies that are coming out, um, that whole industry is kind of blowing wide open. And I think after the election, which we, I definitely don't want to talk politics, but after the election, seeing the different laws that have been passed, like in Oregon and different areas, um, and kind of having this sense that this wave is coming toward us, and a lot of veterans are possible candidates for psychedelic therapy for post-traumatic stress, anxiety, all these other things. What what do you feel about that? And how do you feel, I'll just give you a little background. I think in my head from the research I've done, yoga and Ayurveda, this path that we're both seeming to be on, yeah. I feel like It offers a lot of the same kind of benefits that psychedelic therapy does as far as neuroplasticity and helping your brain and all these different biochemical neuroscience, all these things that psychedelics can help improve and bust open the doors on. I feel like the practices that we're doing with yoga and Ayurveda also really hit those topics. So where do you feel psychedelics fit? I know they're right for some people, but not for everybody. How do you feel? Yeah,
1: uh, It's another compliment to healing, right? And one of our veterans that went to our teacher training, he went down the path. He lives out in Ohio and he is working with psychedelics and microdosing and um, growing, doing traditional CBD, THC um, treatment plans to help with veterans that are getting away from uh, the opioids or pain medicine, but also develop into finding their true self and to get past the traumas through uh, medicinal, plant-based, or psychedelics. And so he actually started a nonprofit, which we're partnering with, to start growing that because we know it's coming, right? And we yeah. see it as veterans, that it's worked for a lot of veterans, especially to get them off the opioids in, initially. Uh, the Neuroplasticity and the Science of Healing um you know, that that is the data is starting to come out. So you can't once you see the truth, you can't unsee it. So that's why these laws are starting to unfold that we're allowed to have access to this as veterans. And I personally, when I see my veterans and talk to them, the ones that do, they they might say, Hey, I was taking my morphine shot every morning and now I just I take a couple of edibles and I'm good. It takes the edge off. Right. And that's I'm not just saying that. I've heard that that's from cute. dozens of veterans, right? Yeah. We'll start there. We go into psychedelics, microdosing, which is huge. Going on some of these spiritual retreats like ayahuasca and some of these other things. Like, I also hear stories of veterans breaking through. And the state that we go in when we go into me- deep meditation, you know, we access that. And if you do it in a controlled environment, it can be very healing and enlightening and really heal the soul and connect you with your true self as opposed to this illusion or ego that we think we are. And so I do think psychedelics have a role and I think they got muted back in the 60s and 70s. They were starting to come out and like some of our yogis like Ram Dass and others were trying these things and bringing them back to their gurus. And they're like, you know, these things were muted for a long time because of society. And now the veils are coming down. The truth is coming out. And yeah, this year, especially with the political shift and a lot of these states starting to be the forefront, Um, it's going to change a lot. So, and we do, uh, we want veterans to find that in a controlled environment and use it as another tool to heal like yoga, like Ayurveda and psychedelics in a controlled environment.
0: Yeah. So I do think that it can bust open. I definitely agree that I think it's a good idea to have, of course, the right mindset and setting. So a controlled environment is huge, right? Mm And setting is is important, but the setting I can imagine for some of the veterans is vital because if for some reason there's some sort of things that come back, I know I use, I have part of my healing journey with PTSD, I use um, psilocybin. Mm-hmm. So, that um, that was a trip, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Literally.
0: <laughs> Literally. Um, but some of the times, you would feel really happy one second, and then tears would be coming out of your face, and you don't understand. Like, I, I'm tripping, you know? Like, I'm crying, and I don't understand why. So, for somebody that is, like, a big military guy, I can... I can just imagine the type of things that could happen if they weren't doing it in a safe environment. Yeah.
1: So, because
0: it can bring you really down first, right? Integration is important afterwards.
1: Yeah. There's a huge, huge emphasis on intention going into taking any psychedelic or anything like that. And just like in Yoga Nidra, so Yoga Nidra is a huge medicine bowl that we create in our training that's a huge part of what we do so you're going down in that theta alpha brainwave, and you're going down into those depths and you're still going to go down in these psychedelics in there but in yoga nidra you have a guide right somebody who's guiding you through relaxation you're coming out when the the mind turns off the conscious mind turns off uh, what we call some skaras are like these traumas right they could be yeah. a small trauma or a big trauma mm-hmm. and they're like a ball of yarn and these big ones, say it was a, like a veteran, a war veteran that watched their friend get blown up in front of them, is this big ball of samskara. And every time they do yoga nidra, that yarn might come out and a couple strands might come off, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes back down and eventually it unravels and that samskara is gone. And instead of having a nightmare of seeing their friend blowing up, now it's like they're watching it on a movie screen with no physical or emotional attachment because that samskara is now gone. That trauma has been processed, Right. So with psychedelics and and things, you have to be in a controlled environment with that intention because without an intention, that's your guide. If you're doing this for you, your intention has to be pure. And if you're doing without intention, if those things come out and you access them, you might not be able to unravel them. They might get worse and they might become more demons. So you have to set the right intention, create a self and healing, loving environment, and open the door, and shed the layer slowly, and allow that to access, so like microdosing, before just diving in, right, and just going for a lot, so things like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, um, so that was, that. thank you for answering that, I know it's kind of like a hot topic, some people want to talk about it, some people are trying to like put it under the carpet, I know I've seen recently, Siguru has put out some uh, videos about his opinions about the whole um, psychedelics thing, I don't know if you follow him, but he's been studying yoga and this for a long time, he's from India, he's very traditional, he knows his stuff and he's saying that um, psychedelics could potentially like mask us, right, it's, but I don't necessarily agree, I think there is a place for using them for healing, But I think that the one thing we have to remember is that it's a step process. Like you said, if you're getting off of morphine and you start eating edibles, that is a very beneficial trade-off for your health. Mm -hmm. But for how long are the edibles helping you? Are you gonna consistently stay on top of yourself and say, okay, maybe I don't need the edibles anymore. Maybe I don't need the mushrooms anymore. Maybe I don't need the substance and focus more on the yoga and the Ayurvedic Ayurvedic practices, the holistic practices to find balance rather than turn toward the drugs just to get a quick fix or answer, right? The work is still there. You need to put work in, I guess, is what I hope people understand. Whether you're taking a psychedelic or whether you're using cannabis or whether you're using yoga and Ayurveda, if you don't have the right intention and effort that you're putting forth you're not going to get where you hope to be but each their own right
1: (laughs) no and and i'll speak to some of the things you said so like a war veteran coming home in just physical pain from their wounds whatever they have going on like that first shift to get off of an opioid because that's a lot of our suicides the top of that spiral down to to suicide is the opioid addiction right that's a physical emotional chemical addiction we have and if you can substitute that that's a pathway to get off of the pains but it's not just the physical pain it's the emotional pain that you've endured and that comes into the trauma realm where if i'm just taking um a psychedelic to spiritually bypass dealing with the real problem which is the root and i think that's you know when some of these spiritual leaders are talking that's what they're talking about like us as Americans especially we want the fast and easy route especially with trauma we don't want to deal with it but we can take a pill or do this plant and all of a sudden I don't have to deal with life it's just like any other drug you're not you're masking the root issues yeah so and ultimately a lot of this stuff is even though it's organic it's a a facade um, to get to that state where we spend years as a practitioner in yoga to understand and control what that state is and how it can be accessed into healing when you're just accessing it without the right intention without knowledge it's dangerous so i think it's responsible for spiritual leaders to talk about that like yeah. um krishna das is a yogi and his in randas and their maharaji their their guru who yeah. they gave lsd to when they found it back in the i think around the 70s he took it and then he took more more enough to kill a horse and he sat there, and when he came out, and he said, "It's fake." That's what he said, right? Like he lives in that state of bliss. So right. when he took the LSD, it just it didn't affect him because he already is in that state. We have all these layers of mask in between the state we go into if we take a psychedelic or something. If you would just rip away that and go into it, what are you? What are you doing? Are you? Are you? spiritually bypassing, dealing with your issues, or are you actually healing from it? So I think there's two ways to look at it.
0: Yeah, I got to a point where I stopped even using um, microdosing or any type of therapy like that because it didn't affect me anymore. It wasn't enhancing anything. It wasn't helping me heal. And so that's what I'm hoping people realize is that it is a tool it is useful for some in certain circumstances, but it's not the end game and it's not some sort of magic pill, even though we call them magic mushrooms and they do magical things for people and <laughs> healing, right? You've got to uh, understand and keep it into perspective. It's still a drug and we need to keep that in our heads. It's still yeah. a drug. And, and the idea for me is to try to get people to move away from using substances to find that natural state of bliss because it is possible, but it is a process.
1: Yes, it is. It's a long and process. not
0: judging no matter where you are in the process because we all go through a process.
1: <laughs> correct. correct. Tool is the word you use. It's another tool in the tool belt, but ultimately you can put the tool away because you should be healing through holistic realm of Ayurveda, whatever tools you're using, including potentially like microdosing or other psychedelics that may help.
0: Right. I don't want people to get to the point of using it as a crutch. And I have already seen it happening in the psychedelics world. And that's why I want to bring it up here. Um, So was there anything that I haven't brought up that you want to touch on? Something about what you guys do or anything like that that we haven't discussed yet?
1: Well, I just want when anybody listens to something I speak about publicly I want them to hear about Vetoga for one but kind of understand what we do Uh, a lot of other veteran yoga for veteran organizations um, they create programs that teach veterans that are people not veterans they teach people that already have their 200 hour these other modules of yoga for veterans yoga for PTSD yoga for trauma-informed yoga and they teach them how to work with veterans so What makes Vatoga different is we have a whole 200-hour curriculum that is for veterans, and we have the post-traumatic growth and the trauma-informed wove into that process. We also have Ayurveda wove into there. We have the theology to dispel the illusions of what yoga is compared to other religions, and that's just our 200-hour program. And then we have these other programs that we're creating uh, that help train military veterans, family members, emergency responders to become yoga instructors but take these benefits back to their communities. So our ultimate goal is to get the word out. If somebody wants to become a yoga instructor through Vatoga, we can make that happen, get them into one of our trainings and get them back to their communities so they can be the light in the darkness for those that are, that may not have what it takes in them personally to get to the other side of the darkness, right? There's a lot of ways to do that. And a lot of them do get stuck with drugs. They do get stuck with alcoholism and other negative coping mechanisms. They're, Those drugs and alcohol are still coping mechanisms. They're just negative, right? Um, So it can be
0: exercise.
1: Yeah, and exercise. (laughs) Right goes real quick the the spiritual bypassing. When you mentioned like when I was a marathon runner, I wasn't dealing with my root issues. I was bypassing by working out every day. You know, that's (laughs) that's what we call spiritual bypassing. So and they do they bypass by using the drug or the that way, but there's a positive coping drug mechanism too that we're talking about in a way of health through Ayurveda and holistic living and diet, yoga, and all these other positive coping mechanisms. So um, we just want that word to be out there, like what we do and how we're gonna continue to grow. Uh, We're moving into this thousand hour curriculum in the next few years to have a yoga therapy school for veterans specifically to help them go out and serve other veterans that are are dealing with some of the issues that we deal with on a daily basis.
0: That's amazing. And what about current active members? Um, like, let's say an active police officer watches this, or you know, like some other person in your whole realm that is still in service. Do do you work with them? And okay. if they're interested, yeah.
1: we've had in our 128 teachers we have. There's dozens that are were active duty while they okay. did our training, so they took leave. Uh, military and/or law enforcement emergency responders, active duty military, veterans, law enforcement, emergency responders, current or retired veterans, and all their family members. They all fall under the umbrella of our nonprofit, so all of them qualify to take our 200 hour teacher training.
0: So any veterans like wife or ex-wife or anybody can come to you?
1: Yes, we've had. I know wives, so we many had, now.
0: <laughs> we,
1: have, we have spouses, male and female spouses that have taken the training. We've had mothers and daughters that have come. We've had brothers and sisters, um, and that's that's the, who the demographic we serve. So um, a lot. That's a great question. I'm glad we're clarifying that because it might come off as that we only serve veterans, but uh, we, the umbrella really is that. And we also we have kind of an unspoken like 80 20 rule where 80% are all those demographic we said and then. of the training, we want to invite civilians, somebody like yourself, or somebody that works with veterans or military or has a passion. And is a caregiver or something, we bring them in to our teacher trainings also. And the reason behind that, because there's a disconnect between veterans and civilians, right? Yeah. And we want to bring the civilians in to understand in that bubble of healing, what the veterans went through They can now empathize and now they're better at service in what they're doing and their mission in life. Even though they weren't a veteran, they could still uh, benefit from coming to take our training. So we do have a small select uh, few that we allow in each training to do that. All right,
0: so you're saying there's a chance. chance. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I just love your whole setup. So I'm just loving it. Okay, so that was really good information because I didn't realize that other people could they do fall under that umbrella that's really important because some people that are having active duty um people like they're away and they're home the other person's home they might really like getting involved because their person is gone and then when their person comes back they'll be trained in healing and yoga and all this stuff and that's
1: that's, that's a huge benefit the spouse like oh uh, I...
0: you're just making me smile today <laughs> <laughs> sorry go on the spouse
1: uh, no i'm just saying the spouse is keeping the family unit at home the, the the activity is away and they come home and they might be an a-hole like and they got to deal with that and yeah. there is there's trauma the spouse gets ptsd from dealing with the trauma that the activity oh, yeah. person's dealing with so um, it's sometimes just as in, if not more important, for spouses to come in and to do this step. And it might be, the ma- it doesn't mean male or female, but the spouse might be better to go do the yoga training because the other person still is active duty. So it might right. be easier, um, but it is equally beneficial and helps the family unit big time.
0: I agree. And then it can spread to the kids. And I know the last time I was in San Diego, I talked to some Navy SEAL people And they're crawling all over that area, you know? And so I was really blessed to be able to have some conversations with some. And I found out that they're actually teaching mindfulness in the Navy SEAL training. Awesome. Isn't that was, I know that was great news. So there is hope. Things are moving in the right direction. Amazing people are doing amazing things like you. And I appreciate what you're doing with Vets Beto- Hoga and thank you for your service. Um, I was talking about my interview coming up with you someone and I said you know I've always had just like so much respect for the personal sacrifice that soldiers make. In, not just soldiers but you know first responders and all emergency personnel and I, I have so much respect for that personal sacrifice and the diligence and just being regimented and I don't know I have a soft spot for all of the people that you serve and I'm loving what you're doing so thank you so much thank you for telling us all about what you're doing um I'll include all your information in the details so that way everybody can get in contact with you and hopefully we'll stay in communication and I can you in contact with some of the veteran people that I know or maybe they'll just contact you directly.
1: (laughs) Awesome. I really appreciate you working with me today and talking and uh, anytime that you want to talk, I'm here. So
0: So in closing, we're all just walking each other home, right? Ram Das. You mentioned Ram Das so that's what (laughs) it feels like. Perfect closing and that is what we're doing. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.